Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest. Don Wildman has spent decades on television addressing the eternal question, what happened here? An impassioned history enthusiast, adventurer. He's uh, developed his on-camera investigations that have carried him far and wide to mankind's greatest legends and lore. He has traveled around the globe to history's hardest places where visceral tales are set against ancient backdrops and human intrigue is carved into walls. He began with the Travel Channel hosting the producing program Off Limits, if you remember, then Mysteries at the Museum that featured spinoffs like the Monumental Mysteries and Greatest Mysteries. And prior to the Travel Channel, Wildman appeared on the History Channel and the groundbreaking Cities of the Underworld. Don, welcome to the program. Good to have you. It's really nice to be here. Thanks for having me. You love these travels, don't you? <laughs> yes, I do. I have really been fortunate to to get a, a ticket around the world doing really cool stuff, uh, telling stories in unusual places. And, and it's, a, it's, it's been an honor. It's been a privilege. Uh, and I feel, uh, you know, it's incumbent upon me to sort of tell the human story from an everyman perspective, because I'm not an expert of anything. Now, you had your series premiere uh, just a few days ago, right? Yeah, Buried Worlds came on uh, Monday. It's a Mondays at 9 o'clock, and, and it just started with the uh, episode about vampire hunting in Bulgaria, which was quite an adventure. And uh, and we go on from there. We we basically started this kind of global paranormal tour that started, uh, we shot out of the sequence that it's showing in, uh, we started in Peru, uh, and then we went to Haiti, finally ended up in uh, Bulgaria for the show that just showed. Mm-hmm. Then we headed over to Germany, England, Ireland, and then back to Honduras in uh, Central America. It's been an extraordinary, that was an extraordinary six months, which ended just pre-virus. You know, it was about the I, I was going to say, it sounds like you beat COVID because <laughs> Hollywood's been shut down ever since, hasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, uh, it was just before all of that. In fact, we, we we spoke among ourselves that we worried that we might have had something to do with that, with addressing every curse in the world and, you know, pulling strange things out of the woodwork all over the world. So uh, anyway, it was, uh, it was a great experience um, historically, culturally, uh, and, and paranormally, which was a brand new experience for me. I don't come from that background. I'm, I'm a history guy, you know, and so That's right. That's I was right. interested... Uh, uh, you know, to be honest, what happened was we were talking last year about me doing a show based on Cities of the Underworld, which had been a very popular show back in the day. Uh, we're talking about 2006, seven, and eight back then, and uh, and that was a show that kind of dug underneath things and went into the uh, kind of the undergirdings of society, you know, physically and metaphorically speaking. And uh, and it was really cool, but we only got so far with it, and so we wanted to do it again. And so we talked about doing that from a straight historical perspective, and then Travel Channel became a paranormal channel, you know, during those discussions. So I said, well, I'll do paranormal, but let's do the history of it, because otherwise nobody's going to buy me whatever. You know, I, I'm not a ghost guy. And so uh, we proceeded to do that because there's just so many stories when you look at the world and world history from that perspective, especially the pre-science world. Um, legends and curses and myths and so forth. And uh, it's pretty fun. And, and there's a lot of people, uh, obviously, in the world who are practicing these things even today. And so it was a neat way, of, uh, a neat lens to look at places in the world and global history um, and still practice things in the, in, in the present, which was an unusual aspect of that world. 
And the Travel Channel really seems to be into these kinds of programs now. Big time. Well, for years and years, Zach Bagans and his uh, and his Ghost uh, Adventures, I think, is, is this show was, was the most successful show on travel. I mean, by far. Right. Uh, I kind of pulled up the uh, in second place for all those years with Mysteries at the Museum, which was on for years, and uh, and it was always recognized that Zach was killing it on on Fridays or Saturdays, and and so finally they when Discovery took over Travel Channel, there was a big sale of all the script networks to to Discovery. Uh, they just looked at the numbers and said, "Well, that's a no-brainer. Let's make this all paranormal." So, those of us who were already on this, on that um, contract, you know, sort of went okay and and sort of adapted. And so here we are. I'm on Ancient Aliens a lot on the History Channel. Same thing with them. I mean, this thing's been going on for years now. They're well, happy with really, the results. Yeah, people are are really fascinated. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun to look at the world that way. It's it's a very addictive television when you watch it. Doesn't matter if you're a believer or not. It's a fascinating world to sort of delve into. But I can say from meeting people and from really studying this stuff which you do when you go and do TV shows about these places, that uh, there's a rich, there's a treasure trove of information to understand. There's a lot of research. That's what, that's what I like. I kind of get off on that aspect of my job. I like to, to read up on stuff before I go to these places and sort of, you know, um, become full of information so that when I have these conversations and interviews and experiences with these people that I have some kind of level of, of expertise that I can offer. And and when you start delving into these worlds, which we'll talk about, it's extraordinary how many books are written about these things. Never mind Wikipedia. You know, you can just keep on going down a rabbit hole with these things. And that's what I think people find interesting, is that there's so many different ways and facets to look at stuff. Absolutely. And Buried, Buried Worlds, it's a uh, seven-episode program, and then you've got a two-hour finale, right? Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a big... Uh, it was a... I guess a three-week experience that we had down there in, in Honduras. Um, that was always out there on the on the horizon of our experiences, whether we were going to be able to do it, and then if we would live through it. There are extraordinary dangers doing what we did, and uh, I, for one, we had some pretty serious meetings about whether we really wanted to do this or not. Uh, it boiled down to the fact that when you go into this part of the rainforest of Honduras, uh, there's uh, some big-time dangers, and you can get into a lot of trouble. So. Um, we were being very careful, and we didn't obviously you have to be insured and everything else for these TV shows. Yeah. So we couldn't just jump in naively. And what's more, Honduras won't let you. You have to have permission from the president himself. It's that. That's really? Crazy. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's a it's a very cool story, which I will tell you in detail in a moment. But uh, it's uh, it, it was always there as the kind of finish line for this extraordinary, you know, half a year adventure that we were on. Wherever you went, would they, government people, follow you or anything like that? Not so much. I mean, that was true in Honduras. Uh, well, here's the story with Honduras. So years ago, uh, meaning 2015, um, a guy named Steve Elkins, uh, who is a terrific uh, TV production guy, actually, cameraman, uh, was passionate about finding the White City. The White City was a legendary place, kind of an El Dorado type of story, you know, where the conquistadors were trying to find it, and all kinds of legends were surrounded this sort of mysterious area in the middle of the rainforest in Honduras. Um, to this day, in the middle, needless to say, back in conquistadors, it was uh, they couldn't find it. So it was supposed to be streets paved with gold, the whole story. Um, but no one could ever discover where it was. 
And, I mean, there's many big famous stories about a guy in the 30s who goes in and people dying trying to find this place. And mm-hmm. It was never discovered. And so the reason, of course, is that it's in such a canopy of trees that you could just not oh, it's, it's, fly it's... over it. You couldn't find anything. So Steve, who I interviewed for the show and, and became very fond of, um, used LIDAR technology. He had heard that there was a a plane up in uh, in Canada that had this technology, which is basically kind of an airborne sonar. You know, it shoots uh, waves down at the uh, sort of radars, the shapes of things on, on the earth. And they can find hidden structures underneath the trees through this technology. It sort of bounces a wave back to the, back to the machine. So sure enough, he took a, a group down there to... Uh, Roatan, and they based themselves there in Honduras, and they flew over this place. Everybody kind of thought that it was in this certain area where there were logical reasons to find it there. And sure enough, they found, you know, hard-edged uh, right angles. If you find right angles in LIDAR, in the jungle, that's man-made structure. Absolutely. And that was a big breakthrough. And this is a big story. This was Nat Geo, and everybody was very excited about it uh, because it had been so sought after for so long. So then Steve and his team of, you know, highly qualified archaeologists and so forth and herpetologists and so forth went into this place, took a, you know, got dropped in and spent two weeks investigating this site, and they hit the jackpot. It was a remarkable find. Um, but they immediately understood the, the value and danger of losing this place because it had been, because the rainforest is so diminishing so quickly. And so the government set up a military base there, a modest operation. I can, I can tell you it's a six or seven soldiers who are sort of living in the middle of the jungle there to protect this area because they found so many artifacts. They found hundreds and hundreds of artifacts just sort of spread across the forest floor in the middle of what were mounds of dirt, basically, uh, overgrown mounds of dirt that were hiding the structures that had been lost hundreds of years ago. And so... It was really incredible, and, and it, it kind of blew people's minds how big this place was. It was a vast settlement and probably part of several different settlements they haven't even yet found. So in order to get permission to get into this, as I mentioned, you have to go directly to the top. And the president himself, who's sort of uh, oversees this, <laughs> he's taken ownership of this uh, this operation. Watch, yeah. Um, has to personally uh, endorse you to go in there. Uh, the military has to give you a helicopter to go in. It's got to be overseen by the military, basically. And, and all this has got to be done prior to even getting down there, right? Oh, my God. That's what I mean. So we were spending all these months in all these other places making these plans, hoping we would get in. The big problem, health-wise, is leishmaniasis, which I'd never even heard the well, word. What the heck is that? Flesh-eating bacteria. Oh, okay. God. So, yeah, it's a very bad thing. And what happens is that there's these sand fleas that, will, that lived in this area. And you get bitten by one of these sand fleas, and the microbe goes into you, and off you go. And so oh. they've had a, a big problem with that, with the soldiers that are there, and even that first team, Steve Elkins. Everybody got leishmaniasis when they went in. And so I was not interested in getting no. flesh-eating bacteria by any stretch. And... Uh, what had happened is they figured out that if they cleared a per- this particular area, the landing patch, um, of all the vegetation that, that held these sand fleas, and you only went in during a certain hours of the day, you could avoid the sand fleas. 
with underlying could. They can't guarantee anything. Never mind Sandflies, their fertilance is the most dangerous snake in the world that exists in this part oh of the world. Oh, my God. You, um, you were com- they were coming at you from all angles. <laughs> jaguar. Lots of jaguar out there. It was an extraordinary amount of uh, things to worry about and not tell my wife about. <laughs> Where did you sleep? Don, in tents? We just got dropped in and then taken out. And that's how they prevent you from getting this anymore. And when I say you, I just mean only a handful of people have gone in there. So there's still just less than 100 people have seen this place because it's so far in the middle of nowhere. You can't even find it anyway, but you can't get transportation there. There's no roads there, obviously, and so forth. And so um, this is how they manage it. Can you estimate what the population was a long time ago? Yes, uh, hundreds and hundreds of people. I mean, these, these cities down there, and you're talking about the Maya later on, but this, was, this isn't Maya, this is even older than Maya. That's what's so fascinating about it. Uh, these are very advanced places, real advanced cities with extraordinary planning and, and execution and architecture and so forth. You've seen the pictures, you know what the story is. It's, it, it's Aztec, it's Maya, it's all these, all these civilizations were the most advanced places on the planet. I think I, I think I remember the the uh, reference, which was the size of London. That's huge. Uh, of medieval London, yes, was there in in the in the jungle. You know, it was that kind of major city for the day, and uh, and probably better run than London. <laughs> now, Curse of the White City will be your finale show, right? It is, yeah. It's an a, 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 an amazing thing to see. I'm very proud of being able to to be a part of it and, and proud of the guys who organized it and everything else and to tell the story. So getting to the, to the meat of the matter with this, with this show, so we try to find the paranormal angle on everything, even mm-hmm. that story, which is a straight-ahead archaeological story that blows your mind anyway. But because of the show, we had to figure out what that angle was with this. And it turns out that there is a sort of ancient alien kind of myth about this area having uh-huh. to do with a creature named Wata. And he's spoken of uh, as a legend, but almost as a fact among the people there, the tribes that, that originally come from that place, the Mosquito tribe. This is the Mosquito Coast we're talking about from, from the days of you know, the Harrison Ford movie. All that area down there is the Mosquito Coast because the Mosquito tribe is that one. And snakes. And so, <laughs> lots of snakes. Lots of snakes. Uh, and so these myths of Wata... It sounds very much like an ancient alien type of thing, and they talk about it as if it, that is. What you can sort of, what it suggests is that it was more of an immigrant story. Someone from perhaps down towards Colombia area, that part of South America, may have come up, understanding that these people don't see other people from other places very often. You know, this is the middle of nowhere. And so somebody coming in with a lighter skin or any number of, you know, physical attributes might have looked like someone from another world. You don't know what the real base of that is, but right, they, right. they talk about it in terms of ancient alien, and that he's being pursued by an enemy, and this conflict sits in the middle of their their legends and this myth, and the departure of Wata and the conflict casts curses on this land, and so this curse has existed for hundreds of years, and is they attribute the deaths of 
conquistadors looking for it and people going in by themselves and so forth to this curse, which is uh, all the, the dangers and the disease that you can get from this place comes from that curse. It's, it's fun and interesting to look at it from that standpoint and to talk to the tribal members about this, the shaman and so forth. And all the different angles of that is, is what we do two hours on. Why would the inhabitants of that era, Don, build and construct these edifices in the woods like that for security and safety? Well, in those days, it was just part of, uh, there's a massive migrations through those areas in, in the days, you know, back then. The extraordinary cities are amazing. And they weren't necessarily in the middle of nowhere in those days. You know, these were developed areas. And they grew around it, I guess, the vegetation exactly. did. It's, it's a... Uh, well, that's what I want to say, is when you drop in here, so the, the big unexpected experience for me was the moment we got in there, of course we're thinking, you're just, um, you're, you're covered in mosquito netting, and, and every inch of your body is covered with something so that in case, they, they literally duct tape your sleeves so these fleas can't get into your body, hopefully. Oh, God. But they will bite through your skin, through those clothes, so you have to be very fast and, and move. Are you, are you wearing a net on your face? Oh, everything, yeah. It's all I'm completely covered, and you're, you're covered in DEET, you know, like the, all this insecticide and stuff. And, uh, and so there's a great deal to be distracted by. And so suddenly you dropped into this rainforest. You jump off the helicopter as if it's a marine expedition, you know, go, go, go kind of thing. And we're running up a hill to get up to this area so that we can actually shoot for a while up there and not, you know, spend too much time down where the, where the fleas are. And lo and behold, I get to this rainforest with all this distraction, and it just stops you dead in your tracks. It's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life. You know, I've seen Grand Canyon, I'm a big Yosemite guy. I'm, I'm a very big outdoorsy guy. This blew my socks off. It was absolutely stunningly gorgeous. And I'd never, I realized I'd never seen pure, untouched rainforest in my life. I'd seen it in the movies. Yes. Uh, it must I'd be fascinating. The outskirts of places such as that, but I'd never been in really virgin rainforest. And we're talking about the orchids and the, the giant trees and these just this beautiful, beautiful landscape that suddenly takes your breath away and you realize you've been touched primally. You know, that's the feeling you have of this sort of uh, virgin territory that speaks directly to your soul. You know, you're right in it and, it and it gets you right away, just like any of those great natural environments. But this is, this is unique because it is what it is, that, that sort of deep, thick, um, ancient forest. And you realize that's sort of the magic of the place. You know, it, it has its own sort of legendary feeling to it. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.